Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. The Daily Wire reports that Iran is only days away from enough fissile material to build a working nuclear bomb. So... There's that. That's basically the news. But I don't want to just leave it there, because we've learned some important lessons from the Taliban. Lessons we should have learned from Middle Eastern terrorism, of which Iran is the most prolific sponsor, several decades ago. Sometimes it's not easy to understand the motivations behind abhorrent actions, and it's nearly impossible to wrap our heads around what certain groups do and why without some point of reference for those motivations. How can the Taliban shoot children in the street? Oh yes, that's happening. Go take a look at Laura Logan's Twitter account. Um, just be prepared to need therapy afterward. How could Iran throw people from rooftops? How can Al-Qaeda blow them up in markets? Why do people like Iran, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and the Taliban hate America with such passion? It's actually a simple answer. Because those children, those market-goers and especially America, stand between them and their ultimate goal. Once upon a time, we made it a point to stand in their way. Not the Middle East as a region, or even as a people. Specifically, the terrorists. Recently, and by recently I mean for years now, we've been opening doors for them, and occasionally even rolling out the red carpet. The Taliban got full red carpet treatment in Afghanistan just a few weeks ago. A few weeks back, I rewatched the movie Mars Attacks. It had been probably 20 years since I'd seen the movie. Admittedly, when it was over, I felt dumber for having sat through the entire thing. But then something occurred to me. The Martians had some defining characteristics I'd seen somewhere else. They were like children with adult tools. They had no impulse control. They loved to play tricks. Throughout the movie, they promised to play nice. They made gesture after gesture and overture after overture. Each time, the government fell for it. And each time, they used the opportunity to kill as many people as possible. Their whole goal was to kill, destroy, and plant their flag everywhere. Is that starting to sound familiar? The Biden administration has employed the Martians from the movie Mars Attacks. Let me say that again. The Biden administration or I guess now they're calling it the Biden-Harris administration, there's a hyphen in there, has employed the Martians from the movie Mars Attacks in our Afghanistan strategy. Strategy, if you can call it that. It's inexcusable. Turns out, it's not the first time, and the irradiated Iranian chickens from the Obama-Biden administration are coming home to roost. Let's get through the old news to put the new stuff in perspective. The Biden administration made the Taliban the first line in vetting people coming to the airport in Kabul. Of course the terrorists promised to let Americans and SIVs pass and vet out people dangerous to the U.S. Of course they did. They have every reason to help a nation that threw them out of power 20 years ago 
and have occupied the country since. And they should have no problem identifying who should be let through, because we left biometric scanners that identify who worked with us. Yeah, that, that's a good strategy right there. That, that's a winning strategy. Let's not only work with our enemies, but give them all kinds of tools to work against us. Politico reported that's not all we've given them. U.S. officials in Kabul gave the Taliban a list of names of American citizens, green card holders, and Afghan allies to grant entry into the militant-controlled outer perimeter of the city's airport. Now, that all makes vetting easy-peasy. And it also makes finding and killing Americans and Afghans who worked with us easy-peasy. So how have the Taliban performed in their new middle management position? I think this might go into their permanent file. The New York Post reported, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told members of Congress on a conference call Friday that Americans attempting to evacuate Afghanistan have been beaten by the Taliban, directly contradicting President Biden's assertions that U.S. citizens were not being blocked from the airport, two lawmakers told the Post. On a Wednesday night special almost a month ago, Glenn Beck reported from an undisclosed location in the Middle East that the Taliban were removing American citizens from the line for the airport and diverting them to a hotel in Kabul. That's not a setup for a hostage crisis. No, not at all. Guess what? Now we're sending the Taliban millions in humanitarian aid. In the movie, the Martians are running around with a translator calling out, We come in peace. We come in peace. Don't run. We are your friends. While at the exact same time killing everything in sight. We are your friends. The Taliban have also declared their commitment to fighting climate change and terrorism. Don't run. We are your friends. Newsweek reported. In comments shared exclusively with Newsweek, a senior Taliban official has called for global recognition of his group's rule over Afghanistan, where he vowed militants would never again be allowed to launch attacks against other countries. We come in peace. We come in peace. We believe the world has a unique opportunity of reproachment in coming together to tackle the challenges not only facing us, but the entire humanity. And these challenges, ranging from world security and climate change, need the collective efforts of all. Don't run. We are your friends. If you haven't seen Mars Attacks, I'm going to spoil it for you. It's been 25 years you had your chance. At the climax of the movie, the president, played by Jack Nicholson, stands alone in the Situation Room, surrounded by the bodies of all his aides and generals, facing the Martian ambassador and his two guards who just did all the killing. He gives a dramatic speech, praising the highest ideals of diplomacy and cooperation, and by the end, the Martian ambassador has a tear rolling down his cheek. The ambassador extends his hand as a gesture of goodwill, and as the president grasps it, he finds it's a detachable hand that crawls up his arm, down his back, and punches a spike out through the front of his chest. As he lays dead on the floor, a Martian flag extends from the erect spike, signifying victory and supremacy. And that's what this is all about. Now we can add the Iran deal to the ever-growing list of Obama-Biden failures. In a new segment I'm calling... No, don't say! The Daily Wire reports that... Iran fails to honor key nuclear agreement only days away from enough fuel for nuclear weapon. 
Anyone with two brain cells to rub together saw this coming way back in 2015 when Obama and Biden arranged the Iran nuclear deal. At the time, they claimed it would slow Iran's nuclear weapons program. At the time, they were fooling exactly no one. Iran made another deal, this time with the International Atomic Energy Agency, just two weeks ago, which they have already violated. The Daily Wire continues. The Islamic Republic of Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, has failed to honor a key agreement that it reached with the International Atomic Energy Agency just a couple of weeks ago. A deal reached between the two sides would allow the IAEA's inspectors to service damaged monitoring equipment at one of Iran's nuclear facilities. Back at the start of August, Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz said that Iran was only around 10 weeks away from acquiring weapons-grade material necessary for a nuclear weapon. On September 13th, the New York Times reported that Iran, according to the IAEA, has come within roughly a month of having enough material to fuel a single nuclear weapon. Well, who'd thunk it? Guess it wasn't the dove. Iran made a deal that involved their ability to spread death and destruction and then failed to uphold it, apparently using it to buy time and prep weapons that increased their ability to spread death and destruction. Where have we seen that pattern before? It seems like we were just talking about a movie that analogized this very situation. We are your friends. The Daily Wire also reported this is something that could spark a war in the region, as Israel has repeatedly indicated it will not allow Iran to reach that point. So I suppose the question now is, who does Iran want more? The Great Satan? The United States? Or the Little Satan? Israel. America is, in their estimation, the greater problem. But we're also much more difficult to get to. Israel is, apparently, the lesser problem for them, but they're also only a hop and a skip away. For all his faults, President Trump did something that was thought not only impossible, but foolhardy, with the Abraham Accords. He got significant players in the Middle East to not only sit down at the table with Israel, but also to begin engaging in trade and travel with them. We were on our way to a whole new Middle East, all done peaceably. Biden blew that up before the summer had ended. We were so close to accomplishing the impossible. Now look at us. Here's your reminder that elections have consequences. Mean tweets. It's amazing how the plans and goals of authoritarian regimes, the Taliban, Iran, China all have the same ambition. The United States has long represented the power of freedom in the world, which is why their goal so closely mirrors that of the Martians. The president, lying dead on the floor, a flag extended from the erect spike protruding from his chest, signifying victory and supremacy, and all the inhabitants of this planet either subjugated or dead. That's what this is all about. That's why the Constitution must be defended. That's why the spirit of freedom has to be defended. It has to have a place of refuge. That spirit swept the world and changed the West from warring monarchies to cooperating representative republics. The dark and ambitious refuse of this world laid in wait until the strong, bold, and free people they knew they could never defeat became gluttonous, lazy, comfortable squishes who roll over and submit to preserve their comfort. Tyrants and devils alike fear those who are strong 
capable, and free. Because those are the people who can stand in their way. If we haven't cleaned house, and Iran decides to sneak their nuke across our infinitely porous border, and make a whole city go boom, boom, how are we supposed to deal with that? We won't be in any position to effectively deal with the global cascade of effects that would come from something like that. Now seems like as good a time as any to make sure we make ourselves strong, capable, and free. And if we can't manage it as a nation right now, we can start with each of our states. Liberty must have some place of refuge in which to become strong again. Thomas Paine wrote this in the American Crisis Papers in 1783. I once felt all that kind of anger, which a man ought to feel, against the mean principles that are held by the Tories. A noted one, who kept a tavern at Amboy, was standing at his door with as pretty a child in his hand about eight or nine years old as I ever saw. And after speaking his mind as freely as he thought was prudent, finished with this unfatherly expression, Well, give me peace in my day. A generous parent should have said, If there must be trouble, let it be in my day, that my child may have peace. And this single reflection, well applied, is sufficient to awaken every man to duty. Not a place upon earth might be so happy as America. Her situation is remote from all the wrangling world, and she has nothing to do but to trade with them. Though the flame of liberty may sometimes cease to shine, the coal can never expire. The left thinks we're weak. Our leadership in Washington thinks we're weak. The world thinks we're weak. Let this moment of silence be the breath before the lion's roar, not the last gasp of a dying lamb. Till next time, be informed, stay safe, don't do anything stupid. 